Well, I'm so glad that we have a great hope in Jesus Christ. I remember before I was saved, I I was really into sports. I either <clears throat> loved to play sports or watch it, and <clears throat> I came to lo- realize that I couldn't have much hope in the Vikings. I couldn't have much hope in the Twins or the uh, Timberwolves. So I'm so thankful that we have a sure hope in Jesus Christ. Well, today I'd like us to turn in our Bibles to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, beginning at verse 21 through 26. Entitled the message, Saved from the Penalty of Sin. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. These are thy words, Heavenly Father, Sanctify us in thy truth. Thy word is everlasting truth. And Lord, give us open ears and open hearts to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say today as we think about being saved from the penalty of sin. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. What if you were found guilty of a serious crime, such as murder or embezzlement, what would you feel? How would you feel? How would your family react? How would you face your mother or father or your spouse or your children after doing such an evil act, if it was murder or embezzlement or some other serious crime? Well, James Montgomery Boyce, in his commentary to the Romans, he tells the story of a young Russian soldier. His father was a close friend of Tsar Nicholas. This young soldier was caught stealing from the Tsar. This young soldier was the treasurer of a border fortress of the Russian army. This young man was to manage the Tsar's money and dispense wages to the troops. But this young man began to gamble, and he tried to cover his losses by borrowing from the army treasury. One day, he heard that a government auditor was coming to examine the books. Imagine what he felt uh, when you get a phone call from the IRS. (laughs) How do you feel? This was the IRS of that day. So this man, this government auditor, was coming to examine the books. And so this young soldier sat down, and he added up what he had taken. It was a huge, 
huge amount. He proceeded to empty out all of his resources. <clears throat> he subtracted it from what, he, what should have been in the account, and he noted the great discrepancy. <clears throat> Under the amount due, he wrote these words, A great debt who can pay. He couldn't, and he knew of no one who could help him, and so he proceeded to take his gun out, and he decided to kill himself at midnight. But as he waited for the clock to strike midnight, the young soldier fell asleep. And while he slept, Tsar Nicholas himself paid a surprise inspection visit. The Tsar saw the books, he saw the despairing note, and he saw the revolver, the, <clears throat> the gun, and he realized that the young man had betrayed his trust. But rather than to arrest the young man, he had mercy on him. The Tsar Nicholas stooped down and he wrote something next to the man's note, and he quietly left. When the young man awoke, he again picked up his gun and he was about to pull the trigger when he noted something. He looked down and he saw what he had written, a great debt, who can pay? And right next, right below that, there was a single word, Nicholas, Nicholas. The next morning, a bag of coins arrived from Tsar Nicholas that covered the exact amount owed. The entire debt was paid. Dear friend, do you see yourself in this story? I see myself in this story. Do you see today, friend, that before your Heavenly Father, you have been caught in the act that you are guilty of serious crimes, that you are a sinner, as Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do you realize that we owe a great, great debt to God? You see, we deserve to die. We deserve eternity in hell. Our, our greatest enemy is sin, our constant inclination to rebel against God. Because of sin, we are guilty. And because of sin, we have no rest in this life. There's only rest and peace when we come to Jesus Christ. But dear friend, apart from Christ, there's no rest. Can you, can you identify with the Apostle Paul who said, in Romans 7:24, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? I have said that many times, dear friend. There are times that even as a pastor, I have had wrong thoughts about people. And I have said those exact words of Paul. To myself, I've said, wretched man that I am. Lord, please forgive me. Help me. Give me victory. 
And yet Paul's letter that is so strong in the law here, Paul's letter also contains the greatest message that man has ever heard. <clears throat> in spite of our own sin, in spite of our own great debt that we owe to God, there is a way to escape the condemnation of God. In Romans chapter 3, <clears throat> Paul writes that, that all the punishment for our sin fell on Jesus Christ. I thank you for the worship team, the songs you selected. Thank you, Sarah, for the songs she sang, how well it is tied in with our message today. Our sin <clears throat> fell upon Jesus Christ. Justice was done. The full penalty of our sin, my sin, your sin, was paid by Christ. That's good news. The essence of the gospel <clears throat> is that Jesus has done something for us that we could not do. You cannot get rid of your own sin. I cannot get rid of my own sin. But Jesus did something that we could never do. Christ paid the price by dying for us. Christ died as our substitute. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed. This great verse spoke, speaks of Christ as the one who took our place. Peter alludes to that in Isaiah 53, <clears throat> verses 4 and 5. There Isaiah writes about the substitutionary sin-bearing death of Christ. Leon Morris in his commentary writes, <clears throat> quote, Redemption is substitutionary. For it means that Christ paid that price that we could not pay. He paid it in our place, and we could go free. <clears throat> Morris continues saying, We could not deal with sin, but Jesus could and did, and did it in such a way that it is reckoned unto us when we put our faith in Jesus. Jesus, through his death on the cross, satisfied God's wrath against our sin. Isn't it amazing that God himself came down to this earth in the person of Jesus to satisfy his own wrath against our sin? That is an amazing love that I cannot fully fathom. I love what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10 where he writes about how these people had turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God. <clears throat> and then verse 10, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. If you want to be delivered from the wrath to come, then that, that one is in Jesus. We need Jesus in our life. We need to allow Christ to come and live within us so that we can be delivered from the wrath of, of, of God. And there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, <clears throat> Paul concurs with what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 
Paul says, He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So both Peter and Paul says that substitution is at the heart of the gospel. Galatians 3.13, Jesus also says, or Paul also writes, Jesus was made a curse, and then these two words are follow it, Jesus was made a curse for us, for you, for me. Jesus was made a curse. You see, dear friend, if Christ is not my substitute, if Christ is not your substitute today, then I and you are we're still occupy the place of condemned sinner. If you're not a believer here today, you are a condemned sinner. If my sins and my guilt are not transferred to Jesus and and he does not take them, then they remain with me. Our sins remain on us if we if we do not confess them to God, confess them to Christ, allow him to forgive us. Then they remain on me. <clears throat> and if <clears throat> if Jesus did not deal with my sins, then I must deal with them. Think about that. If Jesus did not bear my penalty, then I must bear it. And there's no other possibility. Either Christ paid the penalty for my sin, or I will pay the penalty for all eternity in hell, which is everlasting punishment. It's one or the other. For the wages of sin is death, Paul says in Romans 6.23. Peter said, And Christ himself bore our sins. It drives home the fact that this is God in, in human flesh. Jesus Christ bearing our sins, not because someone pushed it on him, but because he chose it himself. Notice the, the emphatic personal pronouns. He himself bore our sins. It indicates that he did it alone. And that he did it voluntarily. He loved us that much. As John said of the Lamb of God, as he saw Jesus coming toward him, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This Jesus, this Lamb of God, took away the sin of the world. The angel said to Joseph, You will call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Some people today think that Jesus is just someone who lived for a good cause. And he set a great example of how to be sold out for a cause that you're willing to die as a martyr. That's what some people think. And certainly a martyr can be a, 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 an example of suffering for a cause. But a martyr cannot take away my sin by sacrificing himself. Jesus did, though. 1 Peter 3.18 reiterates the great truth of substitution. 
For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust. Jesus, the just, died as a substitute for us, the unjust. He took my place. He took your place. And the word in 1 Peter 2.24 where Peter says he bore our sins, that word bore means he carried a massive, heavy weight. Do you realize how heavy your sin is? I, I served the church. My first call out of seminary was Spicer, Minnesota. And there was a state hospital there. <clears throat> and one of our one of our prisoners um, worked there as kind of a head person. And he told me one day, he said, Pastor, I, I, I really believe half of these people could, could leave the state hospital if they could just deal with their guilt. And, of course, he knew that these people needed Jesus. Jesus who can cleanse them from both sin and guilt. But they were carrying this heavy burden of the things that they had done in their life. And there are many people, maybe there's someone here today, that you're carrying a heavy burden because you are trying to cover up your sin yourself. You're trying to deal with the guilt of your sin. And dear friend, there's one here I want to say that can take away your guilt and your sin. And that is Jesus. I love Proverbs 28.13 where it says, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. Dear friend, there's a lot of people today who want to try to cover up their sin, but it's far better to let Jesus cover your sin with his shed blood. And dear friend, if you're willing to confess and forsake the sin, you will obtain mercy. Yes, sin is a massive, heavy weight. And Isaiah writes kind of in that same terminology when it says, God laid on him, on Christ, the iniquity of us all. He was crushed, Isaiah says, he was crushed for our iniquities. Now I want you to think, dear friend, about all the sins you've committed in your life so far. Think about all the sins that we've committed and will commit to the day we die. Think of all the people this takes in from the moment of the fall of Adam and Eve to the end of the end of the world, and every sin was put upon Jesus. And think about how some people can't even bear the guilt that they have done, the sin that they have done, that they are willing to take their own life. And think about Jesus, who takes all of that sin upon himself. It's no wonder Isaiah says he was crushed for our iniquities. He bore it all. The heavy weight of the sin of the world. The wrath of God against sin was put on Jesus so that we would not have to experience his wrath. Remember, Jesus came to deliver us from the wrath to come. Christ satisfied the wrath of God against our sin. That's what propitiation is. But dear friend, 
how shall we escape? I want to ask you, if you don't know the Lord today, how will you escape the wrath of God? How will you escape the eternal punishments of hell if you neglect so great a salvation that's found in Jesus Christ? There is no escape. The remedy is in Jesus. As this young man, this young Russian soldier, in such utter despair, decided to end his life because of the great debt that he owed to Tsar Nicholas. And he knew of no one that could help him. And he wrote that note, a great debt who can pay? Oh, dear friend, those are your words. And those are my words. It describes our sin. It describes our condition. I want to say to you, dear friend, next to those words, we find a single word, Jesus. Christ and Christ alone paid it. I think of one of our great hymns where the words go, Jesus paid it all, all to him I own. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. All to him I owe. So you might ask today, what what do I owe Jesus? Well, the only thing really you owe to Jesus is, I think, one of the other hymns that we have sung, the last few lines of that song. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Jesus did everything necessary for your salvation and for your forgiveness. And all Jesus asks is that we would surrender our heart and life to him. Surrender it all to him and let him take control of our life. That, Dear friend, that is true freedom. Freedom in Jesus. On that first Passover in the land of Egypt... The very last plague was to kill the firstborn of each family. And remember what God told Moses to tell the people. He said to kill a lamb and apply the blood on the doorpost of the house. So that when I pass over, God says, if I see the blood, I will pass over and the firstborn will not be killed. And that became a salvation physically for them. Dear friend, as we close today, when God looks at your heart today, what does he see? Does God see sin? Or does he see the blood of Jesus? Has the blood been applied to your heart today? Has the blood of Jesus washed your sins so that God can look upon you in Christ, as though you had never sinned. Dear friend, that's what Christ offers you today. Forgiveness, salvation, and everlasting life. But we must surrender and be willing to repent of our sin and to place our trust in Jesus Christ.
If that is your need today, I would ask that you would search out a Christian here, a pastor. I would love to talk with you and pray with you. But right here in this moment, you can get right with him. You can open your heart to him. And you can come to be truly saved. I love the words of of Jesus when he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There are many people today that are heavy, burdened with sin. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. What kind of rest? Well, the next verse says, rest for your soul. That's what we need today. It's rest for our soul. It's found in Jesus. And Jesus has outstretched arms ready to receive you, to come just as you are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word of Scripture today that reminds us, Lord, that our debt to God is great. It's great because our sin is great. Our sin is a reminder of a rebellion against you, God. And yet you loved us so much. You send us a substitution. You sent your son to die for us. To be the one who would take our sins upon yourself. Something that we could not do, Jesus did. He loves us. And Lord, no one here today has to carry that heavy burden of sin and guilt. But we can be set free today as we come to Jesus and lay it all at his feet and find our rest in you. We thank you, dear Jesus, for loving us and providing a way of escape of the wrath to come. And we pray this with thankful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.